We hope you'll be blessed and inspired and challenged and motivated by this fresh word from Christian Heritage Church. Take your Bibles this morning and turn to Mark chapter 16. Daryl, will you go ahead and come on up here with me, please? Daryl and I are going to tag team this thing this morning. Those of you who haven't met Daryl, Daryl and Angela Wills are a great asset to our church. God is using them. And just so all of you FSU fans will know, they're both FSU graduates. Whoopee. Here we go. Just kidding. Daryl ran track at FSU, and uh, I'm just glad that they're here in a part of our church. And uh, he's got a word for us this morning. Mark 16, 15 makes a very particular statement. Jesus, just before his departure, said to the disciples, and all of you know by extension, it's to you and I as well, right? We may not have been the 12 that were there that day, but the word goes to you and I as well. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Do you understand that's all he's told us to do? You read every gospel, read the book of Acts, and every command he left before he departed and went back to heaven was go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Some people say, well, I'm not a preacher. Well, you need to understand that word in the Greek literally means to publish or to proclaim. So let me ask you, can you publish something on Facebook? Can you publish something on Twitter? Can you put something out there for people to see? Can you in some way, shape, or form influence someone towards the gospel of Jesus Christ? But even more importantly, can you speak into their lives and let them know there really is good news that comes through the gospel of Jesus Christ? Daryl and I were talking about a week ago and he began sharing things with me that God was speaking at his heart about reaching Tallahassee for Jesus. Can I remind you that's really why we're here? This isn't a social club. This isn't just an opportunity for you and I to feel good about ourselves because we came to church. We're here for one reason. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That command hasn't changed, and it's to you and me today. So would you welcome Daryl as he comes this morning to share what God has put on his heart. God bless you, my brother. Go right ahead. Pastor, I'm going to walk over here because if I fall down, this is all over with, and I know that. Good morning. morning. Turning your Bibles to uh, John chapter 3, verse 16. I know everybody probably know it, but please turn there for me, please. How's everybody doing? I'm that brother you didn't know anything about. Only been here three months, but if you go back into the scripture, uh, turn to Jeremiah 1 5 first. I'm going to try not to have you just turning all over the place, but that may not happen. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I set you apart. So the way I look at all this, there's another scripture too that's in Ephesians 1, 4 that talks about some of the same thing. So the way that I look at this is, is a real simple process that God knew all of us. This is, we may all be getting together now, but before the creation of the world, which it says in Ephesians 1, 4, God says he had formed us. So it was just different times and places that we were actually brought into this, into this earth realm and then brought into this building together. So this is why when I, when I got here and we got here, it, it felt like home. Because it didn't seem like a strange place and you all didn't seem like strangers. You seemed like I knew you all along. And I was wondering, why is that? And I kept thinking about these scriptures and so forth, because a big thing with me, I always ask why. I'm not asking why as in questioning, but asking why as in getting further information. And so we've all been together 
some long point in time. Long time ago when God created us, it was a long time ago. We're just here together right now. And I believe that there's something, there's something going on in this ministry. It's, it's kind of hard to put your hands on it, but there's something going on. When I heard the pastor talk about revival and so forth, um, there's something going on here that's real different. And I think we all, I heard the pastor and his wife always say, but you come expecting. And there's something going on here. When we were somewhere else 24 years, that's a long time to be somewhere and come somewhere else. But when I came here, everybody seemed like I knew you. I sit, where would I sit at? This is my row right here, right? Six rows from the back. I know everybody. I start counting every time I would come in. Six, don't get in my seat. That's my seat. There's six seat and so forth. But then what I found out that everybody, not excluding everybody over here, I just didn't sit over here. What I found out about the whole church but I found out about over here, this was something special for me. I don't know why I chose to sit over here. I was trying to get away from everything. That's why I was sitting here in the back. I'm going to be honest with you. But as I was over here, then people coming up to me, and they were, you all were just what I call loving on me. And then my wife came, and we were just doing the same thing to her. And it made us feel comfortable. It made us feel at home. And so I thank you all for that. I mean, there's sometimes we're sitting here, um, service is over. We're just sitting back there in the back. Excited, happy. Sometimes I'm crying. I've cried so much in here. I'm like, I don't know what they must think. I'm just crying all the time. I was like, I'm not a person who does that either. And I just, when I sit in here and I cry because there's so many things that I'm just ha- happy and later to be here. So I ask you to turn to John 3.16. Everybody there? You've been given long enough to get there. Now, if you didn't know the books of the Bible, turn back to the table of context and you'll be there in the, in the gif. John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. There's a couple things I want to do on that. This morning I was, uh, I was up, I was up, I get up early anyway, but I was up before four o'clock. And I was, I was thinking of, thinking of things and then trying to just to hear whatever God has for me to say. Because all of you, you get taught just, you prepare the vessel because it's God who's going to speak through you and, and not me, because I tell you right now, I have nothing to say other than go sit back down and, and, and let whatever happens after that. So when I read that this morning, then God told me to go do something. And I wasn't questioning why he told me to go do it in the sense of why are you telling me to do that? But like why isn't reasoning behind it? And so this description he gave me was John three sixteen. So this is. I like clothes. You probably didn't know that by now. I mean, actually, I love clothes. Um, I know you're like, where is he going with that? Okay, this is a new shirt and a new tie. It's actually my favorite shirt and my best tie. They're both pretty expensive. And then God said, give them to pastor. Now... I never questioned it because God has told me things like that before. I had a, 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 a friend of mine. I didn't know him. Uh, he started working at the same place I was working at. And God says, I was in my closet one day. And God says, give him every one of your ties. I'm like, every one of my ties? Because I had about 40. So I just pulled them all off and I said, here, here they are. And then when I was, got finished pulling the ties down, God says, give him all of those shirts up there. Okay. 
So I started pulling all the shirts down. So I st- by the time I got to work, I had a whole bags of stuff. And so I gave it to him and he said, I had been praying about that. I had no idea. Had no, no. He and I just hit it off right from the beginning because he's a Christian. So you, you kind of know when Christians kind of get together, there's something you're like, I can't put my hands on that, but something is different. That's how it was with he and I. And so he's part of the body of Christ. But, and so he may be going to service somewhere else, but he's part of the overall body of Christ. So, Pastor, I, 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 I'm obedient to what God has told me to do. I know you don't have as many muscles as I have. Definitely not as much muscles as my brother Daniel back here. Yeah. But it'll work out. Mine are relaxing as, we, as I speak also. <laughs> so I love you all. My, my point to this is that in order for something special to happen at this ministry, it takes all of us, but it's absolutely going to take the head because we all follow the head. And it takes all of the board members and all of you all with what you all do and that all of us as members to join together to do everything that God has uh, commanded and called us to do. So I'm going to talk about some things that are, that are dear to my heart. I didn't know many, many years ago about, I asked these questions, you all heard me talk about this before, about why? I mean, I'm like, so why am I here? Because you, some of you probably had the same question. You may still be asking that question. So why am I here? Because it's, as Pastor just alluded to, it's, it's not just about coming to service. Hebrews 10.25 says, do not forsake and assemble yourself. So that's a commandment. That's what God said. He said, so that means when the doors open, you should be here. Amen. So that's Wednesday and Sunday. Amen. Yeah, don't, don't start throwing stuff at me, but I'm just saying, that's what God said. Okay. <laughs> Hebrews 10.25 says, do not. I've never heard God ask anybody anything. Pastors like that too. Pastor, and probably you all know this better than I do. Pastor will come up to you and he forms things like a question, but they're really a statement. <laughs> and it's like, you, you're like, is he asking me? No, he's not really asking. He's just kind of nicely telling you what to do. And so God is telling us the same thing. So he tell us, don't forsake to assemble ourselves. So my question is, is why? So why does God tell us don't forsake to assemble ourselves? Because I think that we're in a boot camp. and We definitely got a good drill, Sarge. And so we're in a boot camp. And every time that we come to service is to further prepare us for what we have to do. Everything that we have to do. I, I started looking at things through, things through a different prism, which is looking at things of what is the most important thing to God. And we look and we talk about all kinds of things and we talked about all these different purposes and things that we have. But I just start looking at when I start reading through the Bible and I start hearing things, I start asking myself, so Why? How am I supposed to look at this? Why am I supposed to come to service like that? Why am I supposed to tithe? Why am I supposed to give offering and so forth? Not again, there's a difference between questioning and asking a question. See, when, when you ask a question, you're getting deeper revelation about what is actually God is actually commanding you to do. Amen. And so what, what I start asking those questions about, so why am I here? What am I doing? Then when I go all the way back, when I believe the Lord showed me and laid in my heart a long, long time ago, this whole thing, I call it the family reunion. It's like right now, we're in a pre-family reunion. Anybody ever been to a family reunion? Raise your hand. Did you like going? Yeah. You enjoy it. I mean, they always, we, we all got some crazy people in our family. We all know that, right? Okay. So you just set that aside, but you still enjoy going. Okay. So in the family reunion, this is like a pre-family reunion. So you're coming in here. 
to get taught some information to better yourself so you can go out. Amen. It's not about sitting in seats. It's not about coming to church. God wants you to come. As a matter of fact, God commands you to come to church. But why? So the question is, is that there's a lot more to do. It's great that we tithe. It's great that we give offering. It's great that you love on people when they come in here. It's great that you clean the building. It's great that you do everything that you do. I, I was messing with, I'm probably going to get in trouble now. I, I was messing with Miss Brandy and the, and I'm trying to find the best way to say this. The musical nerds. And then I started to find out there's like a lot of you all here. So I can probably get, I couldn't even get out the building. But then when I, then, I, then this morning, as I was thinking about that, because they were thinking like they were so cool. I'm like, how, how does band and music and all of that become, make you cool? See? <laughs> and then I was, and then this morning, because I always opened myself up and I said, so I heard something this morning said, well, they're ministering in song. So I guess you are cool, Brandon, and all the rest of you nerds, the musical nerds and so forth, because you, you're ministering in song and that ministering song is so much. And that's why when, when they're up here, there's so much going on. I think I, I think is, is my buddy, Miss Norma here. I saw her somewhere. Miss Norma, one day she something was going on with her and they were they were singing and so forth. And it did something to her because that's what's supposed to happen when people are ministering in song. So it it. it it kind of galvanized her, allowed her to get herself together and so forth. That's why this place is so powerful. You don't know what you have sometimes because you probably haven't been anywhere other than here. And if you've been somewhere else other than here, then you know what I'm talking about. It's a little different. And you're glad to be here. And so what I want to talk about to kind of delve into this a little bit further, again, is, is why we're here. Turn to John 15, 16. God is really explicit about things. He doesn't leave a lot of stuff up for you to guess. Because all of us got opinions, right? If I ask one question in here right now, just like what Katura asked, she said that about some gator stuff. If, if we ask who's the best football team, University of Florida, FSU, FAMU, this is going to be a whole myriad of opinions, right? Even though we know what the real answer is, but there's a whole myriad of opinions, you know. <laughs> that, that's why God says in Romans, in Romans, I think it's 11, is like, don't be wise in your own opinion. So God doesn't give you an opportunity to get wise in your own opinion. He just tells you what you need to do. Then it's up for you whether you're going to do it or not. So this scripture right here tells me a whole lot about, about this. I'm going to read this. John 15, 16. You did not choose me. But I chose you and I appointed you that you should go. I can stop right there, which means if you're just sitting, if you're just sitting, I created this little. This little sign. The question is, if you're just sitting, are you out of service? You ever went to the restroom and you had to go real bad? Let me just say this to some of y'all on know. I'm an old country boy. Always have been, always will be. So I just like to keep stuff real simple. 
said all complicated stuff like that. It's just I don't, I'm not trying to get confusing. I just like let's keep it real simple that I got it. OK, so if you ever been to the restroom and they said it's out of service, your mind just kind of gets scrambled. Right. OK, so so where am I going? So my question to you is, if you got born again in spirit field and you're just sitting here. Are you out of service? I would say that you're out of service because you're not functioning. You're not someone that God can use. The scripture tells us in Ephesians, I'm sorry, in Acts 1, chapter, uh, Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and verse 8, it says to stay in Jerusalem until you're endued with power, until you're filled with the Holy Spirit. So there's no reason for you to have Holy Spirit other than for you to be a witness. So what you got him for? You got him to sit. We got him to sit in the seats. I would say no. And just most times what happens is, is that we don't even realize what our jobs are. So it's not a matter of you just like refusing to do. You just didn't really understand what we're supposed to be doing. If you think back to when you got born again. And some of us that's recent. I mean, some people is recent. Some people is a long time ago. Think about how excited you were when you got born again. Nobody had to tell you anything about going out at all because you were so excited. You tell the people on your job, you tell people in the streets, you tell them at the gas station, you tell them everywhere. You all in Publix and when Dixon, you just talking and talking and talking and talking. My question is, what happened? So you can't get all of this good stuff and become selfish. You have to share this with someone else. And this is not a difficult thing because God doesn't make things difficult for us. He really doesn't. We make things difficult, but he doesn't because he he wants when you stand before him, you're not going to have any excuses whatsoever. He just made this thing real simple. So the question becomes, how do I become from out of service to in service? And it's a real simple thing. All you got to do is just do what God tells you to do. I asked this question. This question came to me the other day and I was thinking about this. Is that how many people, I think I talked to pastor about this. How many people in your family have you allowed to go to hell because you didn't tell them about God? Think about it. Because we all say, well, what, do I, what, do I, what do I say? It's real simple. God will not give you an assignment and not prepare you for it. See, there's only one purpose in in the body of Christ. God only has one purpose. His ultimate purpose is about winning souls. Amen. It's nothing else. Everything else goes towards that. So people say, well, well, what, how is my assignment? I heard someone say, I got to I got to join my my purpose with God's purpose. I said, no, you got to eliminate your purpose. That's right. And you got to you got to hook on to what God's purpose is. Amen. Now, God has given you an assignment, but that assignment has to line up with what God's purpose is. And so when God's when God says, I so loved the world that I gave my only begotten son. So what do you give? What are we giving? Because we all we're all guilty of that. And see, God has made this thing real simple for us. If I ask everybody right now to pull out the cell phone, we probably got 100 contacts in the cell phone. Maybe more. I got a lot of them in there. How many people in those contacts have you ever told anything about God? See, we sit beside people and you have to look for opportunities 
to talk to people about God. So when you get up in the morning, make that your prayer. Father, put some people in my path that will hear what I have to say about you. Once you make that prayer, then every day you thank God. God, I thank you so very much for putting someone in my path or some ones in my path that I can talk to them about you. Because this is what God wants us to do. So I'm going to finish reading John 15, 16, because there's a reward to this. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. See, this is what happened when I, like when I came in here, because we're doing an excellent job. And that's why I say this, this is my role right here. And everybody has done everything to help me remain. And I needed it. You all don't know how much I needed it. And I needed that. And so we're doing that part. We just got to get the go part down. I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whatever. Anybody know what whatever means? <laughs> it means whatever. You don't need, you don't need Webster or, or any of the other people to tell you what whatever means. It means whatever. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. Sounds like a math equation, right? You go do something, I got something for you. So when God says, all you got to do is just go do your job. See, I look at this as a job. God gave all of us a job. So when you start asking, so, so what am I here for? What am I supposed to do? Everybody in this building is here to do that one thing. Amen. Everybody. Because he never takes this away until the day that you're no longer here and you're transitioning to another realm. God has given you that assignment. That's right. Everybody has that assignment until they're no longer here. You may have some other assignments, but how can you get to the other assignments if you haven't done the assignment? Think, think about this. When, when, you're in, when you're in school, I know sometimes we think we're real brilliant, but don't you have to start in kindergarten? You have to start somewhere down below before you graduate from 12th grade. I know I'm old now, so I know y'all got like 55 times that you graduate before you get out of high school. Pre-K graduation, kindergarten graduation, first grade graduation, fourth grade graduation. I mean, there's just so many of them. But God has set this up where we got to do the first thing first. You may be called to do something, whatever that may be, but you got to do that first. Because you got to do what's most important to God. And it's a simple thing. It's not difficult because most people say, well, what do I say? I ask, I ask another simple question. So what has God done for you? <laughs> so you don't, you don't need, like, I, I'm in sales. I've been in sales all my life because God has been preparing me for all kind of stuff. So I, I, I've heard everything. Because if, if you're a salesman and you're afraid of no, get, get out of the business. Because be, some people are going to tell you no. They're going to slam the door in your face. They're going to hang up on you. They're going to cuss you out. They're going to do all kind of stuff. And so don't be afraid of the no Look for the yes. That's right. See, just think about this. Just think about when somebody says yes. This is why, this is why Jesus told them when he was like about 12 years old, I think it was, he was a, a little kid, and his parents were looking for him, and he, he, he's back there hanging out with the elders and so forth, talking. When they came, they came and, and got him, and he said, hey, I got to be about my father's business. That's what we have to be about. And once we be about that, we never stop being about that. 
Because that's what we got to do. We got to plug in where Jesus left off at. And so these, these are the things this, I'm giving you some like I'm not ever going to get through this this thing I, I gave you. I mean, I, I know that already. But we, we are part of the body of Christ. So what does that mean? See, we say that all the time. I'm a part of the body of Christ. Don't we all say that? Okay, so if the body of Christ, who's the head of the body? Jesus is the head of the body, right? So since Jesus is the head of the body, and then we are the body, right? So if Jesus is the head and we are the body and Jesus went on, what did he leave us to do? He, 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 he left us to win souls. It's the most important thing to God. The only reason, the only reason Jesus got down, came down there, Adam and Eve screwed up. Everybody know that, right? Yeah. They ain't no way to sugarcoat that whatsoever. They just messed up. Okay, so since that time, God has been trying to get his family back together again. So everything is everything in this whole Bible is about that. We're trying to get back to the beginning. Amen. That's the only thing that we're trying to do. We're trying to get back to the beginning so we can reboot this thing and get it going the way God has wanted us to. That's why I call it the family reunion. And it's an awesome thing. This is this is why when the scripture says that when somebody gets born again, there's a party going on in heaven. That's right. There's an excitement going on in heaven. And if there's an excitement going in heaven because somebody got born again, there need to be excitement in here. Amen. We, we need to raise the roof in here when somebody walked out here and get born again. That's right. And you know why? Because the thing is, is that that person's whole life just changed. You don't know what that person was going to be <laughs> in a negative sense or what they will be in a positive sense. You have no idea. Some of, some of y'all, I, I think you were here when I, when I told them, I told my mother one day, I, I didn't say this around because I, I always raised to be respectful and so forth. When I was in college, because a lot of times we don't want to deal with college students. Why? Co- Trust me, most of us in a golden school, you know you need to deal with college students. When I was in college, I used to sit on my car drinking 40s. Anybody know what 40s is? <laughs> See, see that this this is what I love about Pastor, because Pastor, he always keeps it real. And so I don't, and when I when I hear him talking so forth, so I can just be me. I used to sit on my car, drinking forties, one after another. See, you have to be real with people when you're trying to save them. So, because who do you think God's going to send you into? Some of them saying people who are drinking forties like you were. Okay, forties. Slit small liquor bull, all that kind of stuff like that. See, because you all sitting there like y'all don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> hey, I get it. You, we all got born again. It's what we used to do, not what we do. I get that. I get that. See, but you have to be real with people because, see, people don't like no phony stuff. So you don't come trying to talk to me because I'm somebody who hated going to church. I told y'all something. Man, I'd like, when I die, don't take me to church. I, I, I mean it. Just throw me out somewhere, roll me over, whatever it is. I don't want to go to church. I hated church. I hated the people who went to church. I hated the church. I hated everybody. Because I didn't see any benefit. Nobody was talking about benefit. They just said, come, you know, just pray. Pray for what? I said, you pray all your life. I said, you got nothing. So I didn't get it. I didn't understand the 
what, what is this all about? And then I start reading this. And it says in John 9, 31. Everybody turn there right quick. Everybody need to see that. This is, this is an awesome scripture. Because a lot of times we'll be telling people to pray. You don't need to be telling them to pray. You be telling them to get somewhere so they can pray. John 9, 31 says, God says, I do not hear sinners. That is powerful. Because think about sometimes how long people have been praying. And God says, I haven't heard anything. You've just been making noise. You've just been sending stuff up, hitting the roof, coming back down, hitting your ball head. That's all you've been doing. So we, we as those who, who God does hear, we have to go out and help people. We got to get in the community and do our jobs because God has given us a job. This is not. See, we, we so, so many times we look for what God can do for us as opposed to what we can do for God. God, God has already given us a benefit package that's second to none. Think about this when God says there's no weapon formed against you that should prosper. That's it. <laughs> if we just would believe that that's right. and act on that. I remember when, when I was thinking about some of this benefit package when God says I've given you divine health and divine healing. You've got to believe that. It's not that you won't feel any pain or some things won't happen. You just have to believe what God has actually said. So I went to the doctor. As, a, as Pastor was saying, I was an athlete at FSU doing a high jump. And as you jump up and you go over the bar and you land on the back of your head and you roll all of your weight over onto you, across your body. Well, just thinking about that, that tells you there's probably going to be some problems at some point later on. Okay, so when... When the, I got later on in life, and actually probably a couple of years ago, then I was in, trying to sleep in bed, and my arm would go dead. When I say dead, I mean dead. I tried to get out of the bed, body, arm still over here. I would have to grab the arm and pull it across. I didn't know what was going on. I thought I was just sleeping wrong. Because sometimes in athlete, we just kind of dumb things down so much and we don't want to go really check stuff out. We're just like, I'm just sleeping wrong. And so I think my wife had got in a car accident and she went to a chiropractor who actually was a friend of mine. And she started talking to him about what was going on with me. And so I went in there and he had me lay on the table and he started squeezing. Hit, and I almost jumped off the table. And he said, man, do you all understand what's going on with you? He said, you could die from this. No idea. He said, because when, as you sleep, you can't sleep face down like that. He said, because all of this stuff is shutting off and it can just, you could die from that. And so I went to, he said, you got to go get it. So he got ordered x-rays and so forth. And we, he sent me over to this doctor and so forth. And they told me, he started giving me this little list of what's going to happen and so forth. And, and ultimately, I had to have surgery on my um, back and so forth. And I was like, I don't want to have surgery. I've been through surgery as an athlete. I just don't want to have that anymore. So I just said, why can't I just believe God? So I just went to the scriptures and I just laid hands on myself. I didn't even go to the pastor. I just laid hands on myself. Because about 10 years ago, I started thinking, saying, I got to believe God for myself. It's it's good to believe, to understand what pastor and his wife are saying. That's awesome. But at some point, you got to believe God for yourself. Okay? Because what if I can't get a hold of pastor? 
Yeah, yeah cutting the yard like he was doing one day. He's trying to call him, can't get a hold of him. So he said, what if I can't get a hold of him? You better be able to pray for yourself. So long story short, I laid hands on myself, and I believed God what he had told me. And so I prayed, and I went to the little uh, therapist and so forth, and you know they were charging me $75 every time I went in. I said, man, that's a lot of money. And there's got like 10 people in there. And he said, hey, Daryl, how you doing? How am I doing for $75? I need you to come talk to me. I, I, I don't need you yelling across the room, how am I doing? I'm doing okay. You need to come over here and talk to me. At least appease me for a little while. And so I started thinking, looking at the exercise and so forth that he was giving. I was like, I can do that to the house. So I created my own routine. I told him, peace, holler at you later. If I don't see you again, that'll be too soon. I, I'm just not going back. So I'm just going to trust God. So I created these exercises that I was doing when I started walking. I walk a lot. I walk it early in the morning. Sometimes I walk at night and so forth. And so I believed God all the time. And then one day I realized the pain was gone. I wasn't thinking about it. I was just, I just, one day I realized, well, I don't have any. Then I started thinking, I hadn't had pain for a while. So I went back to the doctor and the doctor said, so what are we going to do for you? I said, you're not going to do anything for me. Nothing against Daniel and some of you all. That's just, I just believe, I wanted to see. Because God said he would. Would he? And I knew he would. And I don't have any pain. I can sleep on my stomach again. I can do all of that. Nothing whatsoever. No pain whatsoever. So I bid them adieu. But then I ask, so but why would God heal me? Again, I'm back to this why stuff again. Because you're supposed to win souls. You could have, because everybody realized this back surgery sometimes is a risky business. You can do all of that, and guess what? Some of you may have gone through it already. You're still hurt. So why not trust God? So the whole thing is, the why part is, it's about winning souls. Amen. It's not time for me to, to not be able to go out. I got to win souls. I got to get people introduced to what I've been introduced to. I got to show them part of this benefit package that I was just talking about. Because, see, if you tell people that, so that's your story. You already have a story. You don't need my story. So you don't need, when when this brother go out and meet somebody, he don't need, so let me tell you about Daryl's story. Because I know if you talk to me about that, how about you bring Daryl over here? Because I don't need to know about Daryl's story from you. What has God done for you? And everybody sitting in here, God has done something for them. You don't need, like they give you in sales, here's here's the, the, the scripts for sales. And you all know it's so phony because you hear it on the phone. It's like, blase, blase, blase. And then you say something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand that. And they just I'm like, will you please stop reading that? So you can't have a script in God. You just got to listen. You got to hear what's going on with the person at that particular point in time so you can minister to them. Some people want to get born again right then. And why can't we? We can, we can get the Romans 10. Not, God made this thing so simple. Let's turn to that real quick. How much time I got? I'll be talking forever. So please tell me how much time I got. Two minutes. OK. This is how simple God made this to be a part of his family. Romans 10 nine that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. See, we think this thing is all complicated and so forth. How long does that take? A couple seconds? <laughs> Life changed just like that. Everything that you've ever done, God says, I've forgiven you and I forgot it. 
So sharing the benefit package with people, that's easy. What has God done for you? God wants us, part of the benefit part package is he wants us wealthy. It says in Deuteronomy that his covenant may be established. So for you to get $100 million and, you, and then you put $1,000 in church, probably not what God intended. <laughs> so you have to ask yourself, so why, why, what, what do I want it for? Because God wants his word to go out. There's people in here, there's different missionaries. I've seen some of you all in here. This word got to go all over the country, all over the world, rather. That's what it's for. Because there's a, there's a dying world out here. But guess what? There's a dying world right here in Tallahassee. That's right. There's people dying right here in Tallahassee, right in our midst. As I started out before, so how many of your coworkers have gone to hell because you decided not to say anything? You want to be politically correct. I'm not telling you to go to, the, go to church and, and go to work and you got the Bible all in their face like this. Okay, I'm not telling you that. Do you know what a living witness is? A living, all you do is just live like God has told you to do. Amen. People got problems. They'll come to you and say, hey man, what are you doing? I, I don't, you and I make the same money and I borrow money from you on Friday and I don't get, what, what, so what are you doing? How are you able to make the same money that I have that I get, and I borrow money from you on Friday. I take three weeks to pay back as opposed to a week, like I told you. You don't hound me and beat me up or any of that kind of stuff like that. So what are you doing? These are the, these are the invitations now for you to say, hey, if you, if you, are, if you can't say anything on work, I'm not telling you you're going to get fired. Give them a card and say, hey, call me later on. I'll call you later on. So that person just gave you an invitation. What is it? What's the comedian? I was asking Pastor about this. I think it's Jeff Foxworthy, whatever it is. And they, you know, they, they ask you these. They, they, people ask these questions about, and I call it like, especially like after Sunday, you go somewhere and they say, "So, will you just come from church? <laughs> Do you all get that?" He said, "Will you all just come from church? Do you understand that's an invitation?" See, we never think about it like that. It's one of those things like, "No, where do you think I just came from?" But they're asking you, "Did you just come from church?" And the reason for that is, is because that's an opening for you. Right. Yes, I did. This is some awesome stuff going on in Christian heritage. You need to come be a part of that. Amen. Come be my guest. Give them a card with directions on the, on the card. We're creating some cards and things with all of, that, all of that on it. Those are invitations. All I'm doing today is, is it's kind of opening you back up again. Amen. That's all. This, isn't, this is not some reproof or anything like that. Ain't it? That's not my job. I'm not, my job is not to be reproving anybody. Okay, my job is just to encourage. The pastor's job to be reproving people. That's, and I told y'all before, I don't want no parts of that. Okay, my job is just, I'm just like you. I, there, there are people that's coming in here that's going to be a, that's already here, and there's going to be people coming in here that's pieces of the puzzle. You all have been praying for whatever. Okay, I look in here, and this is, I, come, I told you I'm a country boy. This auditorium seats 1,600 or whatever it is, okay? My hometown is about 1,400 and some people. Everybody in where I live can come right in here. Where I grew up, all of them could be, and then we got room for some other people. So if everybody in my, where I grew up, in my hometown, a floral home floor, y'all don't get jealous. Everybody can't come from there. I understand that. It's just be okay with where you came from. 
Okay, so about 1,400 people to leave with a couple hundred seats left. We need to get this filled. And we need to get it filled just not to, be ha- be- to have some people in the seats. I think you all probably had that before. There's a new thing and a different thing going on. These are going to be some real bona fide people where the people like I heard pastor talk about that. There are people from other countries coming here to get born again. They're going back to other countries and taking this word. That's world changing word. This is the stuff that we need. This is the stuff that's happening right in here. So you don't know who you're going to talk to. Who you're going to bump into. So if they tell you no, so what? They beat you up and so there they beat me up when I asked them about coming to serve. They just beat me up. Okay, then we probably need to send you some a different place. <laughs> but I want I want to just kind of rejuvenate you. Think about those things when you first came to God. How excited you were! You just couldn't wait. That's why when, when Mrs. Dow asked the other day, she said, "Anybody got new?" I raised my hand. I was like, "Yeah, I, I'm." She said, "You there? You've been here, right?" But that was. Sunday, the day Wednesday, it took a little while to get back for service again because I enjoy coming. We already have that. You all already do that. I mean, you all already excited, man. When I walk in here, it is awesome to, to see everybody's faces, to see everybody wanting to be here, seeing kids who want to be here. Amen. <laughs> that, I told you, I didn't want to come and then to see kids running around wanting to be in church as opposed to leaving them outside or they sneaking outside or whatever it is. That's something different. That means something different is going on here. We just got to take this to a dying world, which is right here in Tallahassee. There's something I I believe there's something that's going on in here. There's a revival that's going on in in this in this in this ministry that's going to touch throughout this whole country and touch throughout this whole world. Things have to start somewhere. Why can't it start here? See, we always believe, oh, that got that that has to start in New York. Why? Oh, I got to start in California. Why? Why can't it start in Tallahassee? Why can't we as a body of believers, and I don't know how many people are here tonight, this, this afternoon, why can't we just decide to get on one accord? Like the Bible tells us in, Matt, in, in uh, Matthew 18, 19, say if two or more touch and agree together. So you tell me that we can't touch and agree together and we can't fill this up by the end of the year? Yeah, we can. Because all it takes is a commitment. It takes you thinking about this every single day, every single moment, because this is the most important thing to God. If we're say we're Christians and we are. And if this is the most important thing to the father, then it has to be the most important thing to us. It just has to be a way that you change your thinking. You got to do a 180 in the way that you thought about things. Not a 360. Here people say you just need to do a 360. If you do a 360, don't you wind up in the same spots you were before? If you were screwing up before and you do all the way back around again, well, you right back where you started from. So you need to do 180 degrees different than what you were doing before. And so don't tell anybody, you just need to do a 360 in the Lord. No, you don't. You're just going to be screwed up again. So all we got to do is just take this word. We come to service so we can get battle ready. So we can we can put this armor on like and keep it on like the scripture tells us to do, because God never tells us to take it off. So we can then go out and then we can win souls. There's no reason why we can't do 2,000 plus people by the end of the year. Why can't we? Anybody got a reason why we can't? I'm not listening if you tell me, so I'm just, I'm just kind of asking that, you know. So, because what, what I'm saying is, when I go back into the, into the book of Acts, see, we got the right leadership. 
See, that's, that's what's crucial. If you got right leadership, you got the right board, you got the right people doing all those other stuff. So you mean to tell me that we can't get like the book of Acts? And when God says he added 3,000 and 5,000 people at a time, we don't need it. We don't need it. Well, we can use them. But the 3,000 and the 5,000, why can't we do that? Because God, the, the, the definition of faith is acting upon what you believe. If you say if you say you have faith for that, do something. Act on it. Put a plan in place to get today. When somebody, I'm telling you right now, I promise you, there are a bunch of us when we leave here and we go somewhere, somebody's going to ask you this question. So where you just come from? <laughs> and it's going to dawn on you. That's what he said. That's the ball head guy. Just talked about that up in service. I just come from church. You need to come. Make an invitation. I went, I went to see, I went to see my, um, my aunt passed and, and, and I went down to see them and I had, I, it's a long story. I won't get into all of that. But it, I went to see them. And I was like, I, asked, I prayed about whether I should go or not. And I really didn't want to go. You know, I prayed anyway. So I prayed and I didn't hear nothing about not go. So I went. And I get there and I was like, so I'm, I'm, as I'm driving down there, I had to go uh, to Gainesville. I'm driving down and I'm thinking, so why am I going down here? Not why is in questioning, but why is in why? Because there has to be a reason why he didn't tell me don't go. So I get down there and I see someone that I hadn't seen in a while. Guess what he asked me? So where are you going to church? She so meant to me I got to drive two hours to go do that? Yeah, that's what God tells you to do. So that person I talked to is going to come here Amen. from a two hour drive. Amen. And so we just have to be obedient because God will put people in your path. But you have to say something. If you don't, you, if you're not saying anything, what can he do? He can only do his part. Do you want him to put him in your path and talk to him also? <laughs> you got to do your part. I got introduced to some people who I said, I won't, I won't even talk about that. That's another long story. But we, we, we have a, we have a job to do. John 15, 16 is real explicit. I'm going to give you one other scripture. James 5, 20. Turn to that. As you can probably tell, I, this, this is a passion of mine. I, mean, I, I love this. Not necessarily being up here. But about talking about winning souls. Because when, when you can get hooked up what's most important to God, then you know you're on the right track. James 5.20. Let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. This is is what we do. This is why it's so important. So again, I said this before, like, okay, so so the the bomber who blew up the deal in Orlando, okay, what if somebody had reached him? What if somebody had reached him? Okay, that never happened. See, we, we forget about those things like this because we, we don't know all the time who these people are. So we got to we got to reach them. We got to do all out, do our part, because I, I, I'm going to say this. The, I, I think it's somewhere in the, in the Gospels about the rich young ruler. The rich young ruler says, I've been I've been anybody remember that. He said, I've been I've been I've been obedient to these from when since my youth. But what did God say to him? But there's one thing that you lack. So I asked the church, 
Are we going to stand before God and we're going to lay out all of the things that we've done? Are we going to have met the acceleration goal? We participated in doing that. We've done all of these things. And God's going to say, but there's one thing you lack. You didn't do what was most important to me. All that's great. Tithing is awesome. Giving is an awesome thing, but Galatians 6, 7 said, whatever man sows, he should also reap. All of this other stuff is wonderful. It does not surpass what's most important to God. If you're working on a job and your boss tells you what's most important to him or her, guess what you should be doing? <laughs> you do, if, you get, if you're doing what's most important to you, you're probably going to get fired. You probably won't be able to take, a, take advantage of the benefit package and the things that they have on that job. So we've been all given a job and we got to start thinking about. So when is the next when I when you save someone? Is it going to be like Daniel? Who's a who's a who's a medical student is going to be a doctor. Is it going to be someone like that who can change lives? So so as opposed to the, 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 the everything they want, let's just cut on you. Can he pray for you? Can he can he can he can he pray for you, pray about you and give you some alternative situations? Yes. What if this is a school teacher who's in your 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 kid is in their class? And they just and the and the teacher is off the chain. You ever met some of them? Teachers get like that, too. So what if that teacher gets born again? What can they do in the classroom? See, we get, we keep looking at these things, but we don't realize what we're doing. Like it says in James 520. These are the people that we're touching. I'm not asking anybody to raise their hand, but you ever had like a crazy boss? Like cray, cray, crazy. You understand what I'm saying? Like for real, you, you, you like crazy every day you come in here. They're just kind of caught up in themselves because they got the title of boss. They're just going to act up. They're going to let you know every day, you know, I run this, right? Yeah, you told me that like 20 times a day already. What if they got born again? Think about this. That crazy boss. Think about this. When, if, that got, if they got born again, so what happens now? Your whole environment at work changes. See, we, we, we have to, if you, if you have a crazy boss, I'm going to share a quick story. If you have a crazy boss, and some of them, we, we, God knows, it's like Satan incarnate in some people. If they, my, my wife worked at Diller some years ago. And they gave her like this promotion. She was going to use a makeup counter or something like that. Uh, and she, she worked over the makeup counter. They gave her a little promotion. She got another counter. They told her she was going to get some more money. They had to sign some paperwork and so forth. And she got some more money, whatever it was. And so she started getting the money. I don't know, two, three, four months had passed by, whatever it is. And, the, and then the lady called her. The manager called her in and said, hey, uh, we want to take that back. Okay, you, you can take something back. You, or you can end it. She wanted to take all of the money that she had been getting back also and said that I want to just, I want to start taking it out of all of your checks. Not like I'm going to take a percentage out. We're going to just start taking chunks of like everything. So the next check you get, don't worry about that. You just get the stub. 
Is that, is that a cray-cray boss? Okay, so lo- long story short, ha- what happened was this. She started balking against it. She started standing and standing with whatever God has told her because we were talking and so forth. And she's getting information. She's going back. And she's like, man, you crazy. Just like she crazy telling me to go in here to do this. OK, so she's standing on whatever God has told her. And, and the lady told her, she said, if you don't sign this paperwork, I'm going to get the, the uh, security people to escort you out of here and throw you out this store in front of everybody. Now, you know what everybody, if you're in the store and you see, you get, you got people ushering people out. What you thinking? She's been doing some stealing or something. She stole something. This is what's come to mind. And so that's what, that's what she, that's what she said they're going to do to her and so forth. So long story short, she stood on what God has said. And what the lady determined that was meant for her happened to the lady. They took and ushered her behind out, just like she told what they were going to do with my wife. Security people ushered her out of the store because we just got to stand. But we also have that we got to, We got to stand. But, but why can't we pray for those people first? Hell is enlarging itself. And I ask again, I'm going to start closing with this, is that what are you doing to keeping your coworker, your family member? Your brother, your sister, your crazy auntie from going to hell. Do you realize just a card sometimes changes a person's life? Because you don't ever know who you're going to meet. You don't know the person that you're talking to, who they're going to be, or what they may be about to do. You don't know that. We got child rapists and so forth. And it's like terrible. So what if you change that person? That never happened. What, what that person did never happened because all you did was being obedient to what God told you. Because you can't look at somebody and they got across it. I want to be a Christian. That would be awesome if that was the case. But they don't have that. You just got to make yourself available. And we can do that. So what I want to do, we're going we're gonna to be doing things from an out, outreach standpoint. And we're going to be talking about things like this more often. But what I want to do, I think it's September 10th or whatever it is. That sounds like a date that I just heard, and maybe we might need to change that. But there's a, there's a sickle cell walk. So the, the ministry is already a part of all types of things. But I want us to be a part of more things. So can, what can we all do together? I say that everybody in this room can be a part of that sickle cell walk. If we show up with everybody wearing a Christian heritage shirt. We got a message on the back and our logo on the front. And we are, if you can only walk two steps, show up anyway. If you can walk a mile, show up anyway. It doesn't matter, but we're unified and we're together. Because people say, what is that? You ever seen any churches really show up in that kind of number before? Nope. Why can't we be the first? So all of these walks and so forth, they're good causes to be walking for. So why can't we do that? That's what we're going to start off with. We're going to start off with things like that. Something real simple. Because you got to get your confidence up. Because some people think they're going to be cussing at me. Not really. Just walk away from that anyway. But we're going to start off with things like that. If we got four or five hundred people in here, think about it. We showed up at a walk with four or five hundred people. They, people they will, we will set this whole town ablaze. Because they'd be thinking, what? what are they doing over there? 
you probably won't have to say anything to anybody. Four or five hundred people showed up at one spot to walk. This is what we got to do. Thank you all so much. I really appreciate you. I love you. And thank you all for being who you are to my wife and I and to other people who are coming in here, because I'm telling you, this is going to overflow. We're going to need the room over on the other side, because if all we have to do is believe what the scripture says, Matthew 18, 19. If we join hands together, there's nothing that can stop us. Thank you. Love you. Our prayer is that God will take this word and plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. Father, we pray for your great wisdom to infiltrate this listener, draw them to you, and take them gently down the road to their next destination in life. And if you're in need of a home church, we invite you to join us at Christian Heritage Church on Shera Road in Tallahassee, Florida. A multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. For a worship service where the presence of God has first place, you're invited to Christian Heritage Church. Sunday morning service is at 10.30, Wednesday evening at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For all the latest information, visit our website, chctoday.com. 